Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Stover. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires. I'm a formerly undocumented Mexican-American and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world. And I'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey. I talk about personal finance, money mindset, working, unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. Hey y'all, how's it going? Today I wanted to talk to you about how to crush your credit card debt. I was inspired to talk about this topic because I just learned in the news that in the US, credit card debt has reached a record of $930 billion. And when I say that, I feel like I sound like Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. But I wanted to talk about credit card debt because it's not something I've talked about before, honestly, because it's not as exciting about investing. I love talking about investing. I love the idea of clicking a few buttons and making your money grow by tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in my sleep. But talking about credit card debt payoff is just as important as talking about investing. So before I talk to you about how to pay off your credit card debt, I want to ask you to ask yourself, why you want to pay off your credit card debt. Because when you ask yourself why you want to do something, you're more likely to be bought in to doing it. A lot of people don't pay off their credit cards because they don't understand how much money they're being charged to stay in debt. They don't see the full picture. And honestly, it's not fun owing money at all, which just leads to money avoidance, which leads to you not looking at your credit card statements, which leads to more money in the pockets of credit card companies. At the end of the day, the credit card industry is a private industry that profits off of people's inability to pay off their debt in full or the lack of desire to pay off their debt in full because even when people have more cash than they've ever had ever, they're still afraid of losing it all and they still won't pay off their credit card debt. So I wanted to mention that some people can't pay off all their credit card debt and that's totally fine, but then there's also people who can, but they're too afraid to because they're still in that scarcity mindset of, well, if I pay off my credit card debt, I'll be left with nothing and then I'll be broke and poor all over again. So I'm here to talk to you if you're scared about paying off credit card debt and why it's so important. So credit card debt payoff is paramount. It's so important for you to do this so that you can retire early because if you're not paying off your credit cards, you are spending thousands or tens of thousands of dollars in interest and that money could instead be going toward your retirement fund. I'm not saying that you need to pay off your credit cards before you start investing. You you can absolutely do both. But if you have credit card debt, I would absolutely prioritize paying that off as aggressively as you can before investing thousands of dollars in the stock market for your retirement. 
Another reason why you need to pay off your credit card debt is because credit card debt is expensive as fuck. Credit cards charge some of the most expensive interest rates for you to borrow money. Student loans charge interest, but it's lower. Student loan interest can range anywhere from four to six to 7%, but credit card interest can be as high as 20%, 25, 30%. That is wild. People are complaining about how interest rates on mortgages are so high. Maybe they're six, seven, 8% now, but that's still nothing compared to credit card debt. You wouldn't take out a mortgage for 30%. So why would you continue to pay 30% for a credit card, especially if you're able to be more strategic and pay it off aggressively? So I help a lot of my clients pay off their credit card debt first before we even think about investing because it's so important to just get in the habit of not owing anybody money. I also help them pay student loans off, but because it's more expensive to borrow money with credit cards, that's why those are always the ones that I go to first that help my clients be more targeted toward first before looking at student loans, even though student loan interest is back. There was no real deferral on credit card interest at all, so that's why we gotta be more aggressive with that. So there's two ways uh, that are known to, that are used in like mainstream, uh, finance, personal finance world of how to pay off credit cards. The first is the snowball method and the second is the avalanche method. So the snowball method basically means that you would take the smallest credit card balance that you owe. Let's say you have two credit cards, you owe $2,000 on one and $10,000 on the other. You would just get really serious and aggressive about paying the smaller one, the $2,000 one first. And once you pay that one off, then you would pay off the $10,000 credit card balance. The avalanche method is slightly different. That one takes into account the credit card with the highest interest rate. And if you have credit cards, multiple credit cards, you should absolutely know what the interest rate is on those cards, which is not something credit card companies want you to know. It's not like they're sending you email blasts reminding you how much you're paying to borrow money from them but you can find out by just logging into your credit card portal, same as the place where you go to pay off your card, it will tell you. You might have to click some arrows and open some things to see it because they really don't want you to know how much you're paying them to borrow their money, if you are at all. So the avalanche method is actually my preferred method because I don't want these companies to make money. So the avalanche method basically means you would take the credit card with the highest interest rate. Let's say you have two cards, one charges, 30% interest and the other charges 21% interest, you would be as aggressive as possible in paying off the credit card with the 30% interest first before looking at the card with the lowest interest. So at the end of the day, the method you choose is up to you, but I, I'm more into the avalanche method because I like the idea of targeting the more expensive debt first. And that's usually the ones that, that my clients do. But if you, want to do the snowball method, that is still better than avoiding your money completely. So there's no right or want, wrong way to do this. It's better to do this than to not do it at all because at the end of the day, the more you avoid your credit card debt, the richer the credit card companies are going to get and the more you'll have to work and the more you'll delay your retirement, whether you want to retire early or retire at all.
So those are two ways of how to do this. And you might ask yourself, okay, well, where do I get the money to pay off my credit cards? You get your money from your paycheck, from your job, and you keep your expenses low. And you might need to pay your credit card off multiple times a week. If you're debt-free, do not do this. If you're debt-free, wait until the closing date to pay off your credit cards once a month until the last minute so you can leave your cash growing in your high-yield savings account as long as possible until you pay your credit cards off. That's what I do. But if you know you have a spending problem and you need to hold yourself more accountable, you need to start thinking of your credit cards like a debit card. And that might mean paying your credit card off multiple times a week so that you train your brain into seeing that, okay, looking at my expenses isn't a bad thing, but you hold yourself more accountable when you see how much money you are spending. So you get your money from your job and you just become super focused in paying off that debt. That might mean going out to eat a lot less, ordering Uber Eats less, ordering less alcohol, cooking more, meal prepping at home more. That also means increasing your income, finding a side hustle, which can be as simple as dog sitting on Rover. Um, I honestly prefer doing that than Uber because when you dog sit, it's a lot less expensive than with Uber where you have to pay for gas and have a car and have all these upfront expenses. With Rover, it's pretty simple. You just have to be in a house and they're pretty much paying you for your time. So that's something that I did last year when I lived in DC for the summer. I didn't pay any rent. I was just house sitting the whole time because everybody in DC was traveling and I made about $4,000 dog sitting and cat sitting in DC. I still had to pay taxes on it, but that still helped me increase my income. So you take your money and try to just lower your expenses and get cash. Don't try to borrow money to pay off your cards because that just keeps you in this cycle of, well, I need to keep borrowing money and stay in that debt cycle. The whole point of this is for you to get out of the cycle of debt so that you can be debt free and invest and not owe anybody anything. The only good debt in my opinion is a mortgage because that allows you to borrow money to buy a house which ultimately will go up in value and then you can sell that house later. That is the only good form of debt, in my opinion, when it comes to buying something. Some people ask me, well, can you help me invest so that I can invest in the stock market and grow my money to pay off my cards? And that is a no-no, especially if you're new to investing. Because the stock market really only grows at an average rate of 8 or 10%. It can go up by 20% in a year and it can go down by 20% in a year. Let's, let's pretend the stock market goes up by 12 or 10% in a year. Why would you do that if you're being charged 30% on a credit card? Your debt is growing three times more than it would in the stock market. So it doesn't make sense for you to invest when you need to pay your credit cards off now. On the other hand, if you have investment accounts, you might need to look into selling stock to pay off your credit card debt. I actually had a client who approached me who um, had $30,000 in credit card debt. She wanted help paying off her credit card debt and she had a credit score in the low like 600s. And then she ended up having a non-retirement investment account 
and I told her to think about selling her stock in that account, selling that stock, converting it to cash and paying off her credit card with that cash. That is one of the few cases in which I recommend using the stock market to pay off your credit card debt when you've already been investing and you have tens of thousands of dollars investing in the stock market. But I don't agree with the idea that, oh, if you don't have any investments to just start investing and hopefully it'll grow so you can pay off your credit card debt. I only told my client to do this because it was that same thinking of, well, you have all this money that's growing in the stock market let's say at a rate of 10%, your credit card interest is 27%. It doesn't make sense to, to wait because your debt is growing and growing by the thousands and you're paying so much more interest. So just sell your stock. And I helped her because as a money coach, I meet with my clients every two weeks and in between our calls, um, they have access to WhatsApp me with any questions. So I actually coached her in between our calls through WhatsApp because she asked me how to sell the stock. And I told her, call the, the investment company that has your stocks and ask them, if I were to sell $20,000 worth of stock, how much in taxes would I pay? Because when you have investments that aren't in a 401k or aren't in a IRA, if they're in a non-retirement taxable account, the catch with those accounts is that you don't have to wait until retirement to start taking out money. There's no limits like there are in, in retirement accounts. However, you have to pay taxes when you make any gains on stock sales, which that can be scary. But I asked her, ask them to tell you about how much you would pay in taxes if you were to sell these stocks. And that percentage varies based off of your income. And if you've been holding on to those stocks for a year or more. Whenever I sell stock, I sell stock that is older than a year because I pay less in taxes on that. And then customer service told her, you'll end up paying less than $1,000. I think it was something low, like $500 in taxes, which is nothing when you're making a $20,000 uh, stock sale. And she won't even have to pay those taxes until she files for her taxes. But that was just something, an easy fix that I helped her guide her in, in terms of just advocating for herself, calling customer service, because this is what they get paid to do. They get paid to answer these questions. Take it from me. I worked as a stockbroker and it was just a glorified way of saying I worked at a call center and I answered people's questions about investing and the stock market. So she ended up selling $20,000 worth of stock, converted it to cash and immediately crushed her credit card debt. Not only did that save her thousands of dollars in interest over time, but also boosted her credit score. Her credit score is now in the high 700s, in, which actually helped her find an apartment. And she and her partner were looking for an apartment and they decided to go with my client's financial information on the application because her credit score was higher. So credit scores not only help you buy houses at lower interest rates, buy cars, but they also in America help you find a place to rent too because landlords want to know that you're able to pay the rent in time. So that's one case in which I would encourage you to think about selling your stock, but that's, that's a special scenario. If you have a bunch of cash sitting there, that is more than just your six to 12 month emergency fund. 
I would always just use that money to pay off your credit card debt and try not selling off your stock or using your investments because that money could just be sitting there growing even more if you just let your investments sit there in the stock market. The stock market isn't a get rich quick scheme. It's not a casino. We're not gambling. The stock market is a way for you to make money in your sleep, but that over the long term, over decades. So yeah, that was a pretty baller move for my client to sell $20,000 in stock and crush her credit card debt. So there's lots of different options and avenues for you to get cash, but I'm always going to encourage you to not try borrowing money to pay off debt because that just keeps you in that cycle of borrowing money. And we want you to get out of that so that you can retire early. Because if you owe money, you're not going to be able to, to fully retire or retire early. Somebody asked me if you're able to use points to pay off debt and what I think about that. Honestly, I used to be all about like the credit card points game and I've had the Chase Sapphire Reserve card for a while and I used to use points and redeem them to buy more travel in the Chase portal. But the Chase travel port is honestly pretty clunky and it would freeze a lot for me. So even I, as somebody who's debt free, I just use my points to redeem it for cash back. Especially if you're in debt, you should also use your points for cash back because these credit card companies want you to use points to buy more crap. They want you to keep your points in there and not redeem it for cash so that you keep buying more things. And like I say, stay in that cycle of debt to them. So I only use my points for cash back. At this point, I buy my flights on Google flights and, um, I book my lodging, especially when I leave the U.S. on Airbnb or booking.com. I don't use the Chase Travel Portal. Every month with that card, I get, I get cash back that I just use to pay off my card. I also pay a fee for that card, but I also like that I get free lounge access at airports, TSA pre-check, car rental collision insurance and other perks. And every year I make up the annual fee and cash back probably like three or four times. So for me, that card's worth it. But those sexy travel cards have really high interest rates. If you're trying to work on your debt payoff and you have one of those cards, I would pay off one of those cards because the money you're borrowing on them is more expensive if you're not paying it off in full. I use all my credit cards as if they were debit cards. And that way of thinking might help you because I feel like credit cards, a lot of people think that it's just free money and uh, we'll just put it on the card and not worry about it later. And that's what these credit card companies want you to think. But once you start shifting your mindset and thinking of your credit cards like debit cards that give you points, then you're able to hold yourself more accountable and be more intentional before spending money randomly. So I hope this podcast has helped you think about how to pay off your credit card debt and if you're interested in working one-on-one -on -one with me, I am taking money coaching clients. I love helping all my clients be hyper-focused on crushing their debt, student loan debt, credit card debt. Once we have a handle on that, we open up investment accounts or if they're already open, I also help a lot of my clients understand what the fuck they're investing in too. 
a lot of my clients have a lot of investments that they can't even explain why they invested in them. And you should absolutely be able to understand and explain all of the investments you have in your investment accounts, because those can also delay or accelerate your retirement. A few weeks ago, I helped a client who already had all these investment accounts and a budgeting spreadsheet sell out of like $130,000 worth of overpriced stock and into low cost stock that did the same thing or better and was a lot less overpriced. So I love helping clients of all different income levels and debt situations. And yeah, I love helping my clients make baller money moves and just feel more confident talking about money and helping them see money as something that they can be more intentional with, something that can flow to and through them and just manipulate your money. Like you're the puppeteer and the money is your puppet instead of the other way around. <laughs> so I'll put the link to chat with me about coaching uh, in the show notes. Let's get a hold on your money before the new year even starts. And if you're interested in joining my mailing list, it is popping. I love letting y'all know about giveaways I'm doing or webinars any updates or freebies going on, I send those out to my mailing list. So join that at the link in the show notes too. And as always, feel free to share this episode on Instagram and tag me, send it to your friends, family, loved ones, cousins, anybody. And if you're looking for a non-binary Latinx speaker at your next event or workplace or personal finance conference, I am taking bookings for speaking engagements hit me up to coordinate that. All right, y'all. I hope that this episode, I know this episode has helped you and stay tuned for more. The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information, products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.